So today's daf we are learning is Yud in Sukkah. We are at the Mishnah at the bottom in Amud Aleph, which is about, it looks to be uh, seven lines or so, eight lines from the bottom of the uh, Amud there. Where it says, Peres aleya sadin nishar. If you place a, yeah, if you place a, uh, now we're getting into the issues of schachna. So if you place a sheet over the top of the schach or underneath the schach in order to prevent, so you put it over it in order to prevent sunlight from getting in or you put it under it in order to prevent the leaves from falling down. But the point is that it's serving to, to benefit you in some, the schach in some way, to supplement the function of schach in or if you place it on the kinof, kinof is a bed that has posts that go up, so you're placing like a sheet over it, so you're not really under the schach of the sukkah. But then all those cases, psula, it's not good. But you can put it on naklitei amita. Now the difference between the two is that if you have a four-post bed, so then you're basically creating like an entire tent within the sukkah, and you're not really under the sukkah at all. If you put a naklitei amita, means that there's just two posts on either end. So even though you put a sheet over it, it hangs directly down. It doesn't really create a roof between you and the and then it's okay. Now, we only said that you're not allowed to hang things from the schach if the purpose of it is to prevent the leaves from falling down because in that way you're really supplementing the schach basically. It's a type of protection of you that you don't want those leaves to fall on you just like you don't want the sun to shine on you and so on. However, if you did it, if you did it to beautify the schach, that's okay. That's why you're allowed to hang things from the schach that are to beautify the sukkah even though it might, you might say, well, I'm not really sitting under the schach. It's okay, right? Because it's not to supplement the function of the schach. That should be obvious. It says in the Mishnah, because of the falling leaves. So obviously the only time that it's a problem to hang things is when you're preventing the leaves from coming down because it's, tight, it's like schach because it's preventing you from being hit by leaves. So it says... You might have thought... Meaning, what would you have thought? You would have thought... That uh, even if you put it to beautify the schach, it would be bad. But the Mishnah is just giving you an example. The example is that maybe you did it in order to catch the, the leaves. But really, anyway, any supplementing of the schach would really not be allowed. And that's why Kamash Malan it's coming to tell you that, in fact, decorative additions are okay. Only uh, additions that are to protect you are not okay because that's basically saying that the schach is not functional. But to decorate, the schach is okay. Does it say the size of the decoration? It's going to talk about it later. So we have to be patient. It can't say everything in one sentence. It's like, it's like oh, we say, Zachor v'shamor b'tibur achad. Right? Hashem could say, could say a million things in one word and it, it worked. But it says that a person isn't able to do that, right? So that's the same thing. We have to do one thing. Now, but if the person made a sukkah that he put the schach correctly, and then he decorated it with different kinds of sheets, kramina like woven things, or um, embroidered cloth, he hangs nuts, he, he, he places nuts and almonds and peaches, these are all different fruits and vegetables. Like, you know, like, it's similar to in America. They do that in the, like, at Thanksgiving. They hang, like, uh, you know, uh, corn stalks and things like that as a decoration because it's uh, the seasonal decoration. So they would do that also. Wine bottles uh, and it's a yenoch, manimus, latot. So all of these things, a person might put wine, uh, shemen, 
and uh, you know, oil and, uh, and, and flour. In other words, containers of that. You're, you're hanging all these things and it's to beautify. It's like a, it's a decorative. So any of these things, parchilea navim is, is uh, grapes and atot shibolina is uh, stalks of uh, grain. You use these things to decorate sukkah. So it says, all this says, asul men. You're not allowed to benefit from them. In other words, if you use food to decorate your sukkah, you can't go and take now. So like, if you, if you hung the oil to beautify the sukkah, you can't now say, you know, I have, I need a little oil in my salad, you know, you know, take it. Because you made it a decoration of the sukkah, it's doing a mitzvah there, right? We turn to Amud Bet. Until the end of the last day of the holiday, but if he made a condition and said, and she explains the condition, he says, saying, I reserve the right that when the holiday begins, I am retaining my right to benefit from these items, so then he's allowed to. That we'll learn more about when we get to Masachet um, Betza. We'll learn about the parameters of how you can retain your right to benefit from the uh, decorations of a sukkah. But in the, because it's really halachav muktzeh, basically. It's a, it's, a, it's a law of the, the designation of the item for the mitzvah and other kinds of designations of items. But the, uh, but the main point here is that you hung these decorations on the, on the sukkah and you see that it's okay to hang decorations on the sukkah. So obviously it's not a problem. So decorative things obviously are allowed. So it says, no, Dilma Minatzad. Maybe you would have thought that that's only when you hang it from the side. In other words, if you hang it from the side, it's okay. But maybe from the, from the top is not okay. And that's why Rav Chisda had to come along and tell you that even if you hang it from the top, as long as it's to beautify the schach, it's okay. Now, Idmar was stated, If you hang decorations from the top of the sukkah, it doesn't reduce the sukkah. And that's from the positive and from the negative. Meaning to say, if the sukkah is too tall, you can't hang things down from the schach and say, well, no, now it's shorter. Because let's say the sukkah was 20 amot and you hang an ama of, uh, of decoration. Say, no, because from the decoration to where I am is only 19 amot. It's okay. And similarly, uh, that's l'chumra, that's meaning it doesn't help you. On the other hand, it doesn't hurt you. Let's say you have a, the height of 10 tfachim exactly, the minimum height. And you put some uh, uh, some decoration on the sukkah. You already barely have any space, but you decide to put some decoration there. It's not going to make it any worse, right? It's still going to be kasher. Now it says, But from the side, it does reduce. In other words, if you close yourself in, since you have a minimum that you have to be able to fit your the majority of your body and your head and your and your table in there, if you made it smaller than that measurement, so then the fact that it's decorations or it's anything. It doesn't matter. It's not a functional sukkah. So there, that would ruin your sukkah in that case. Now it says, Minyamin avdeid ravashi. Why? Because, yeah. Be- right, so in the, because when it comes to the height, it doesn't mention it as being a fun. Right. It doesn't mention it as being functional, right? It doesn't mention it as being functional. So it's, so even though it's true that the tent fachim seems to us, oh, that the reason why the tent fachim height is because you need space for your head or something like that, it doesn't say that that's the reason. It's just that it has to be tent fachim and height to be considered a mechitza, to be considered an area, designated area, has to be tent fachim. But the fact that you have to lower your head a little bit more doesn't make it any less of an area. But if you actually have to physically be able to fit in there and you put decorations, now you can't fit in there. You made it a storage room, sticking things are there, you can't fit. So now it really won't be a functional sukkah because that's a matter of functionality, size, you know? Minyamin Avdei Dravashi 
One time, the servant, Minyamin, the servant of Ravashi, his, his shirt became wet. I guess he got caught in the rain or something like that, or he fell in a puddle. He put it on the mitalalta. Mitalalta is the Aramaic word for sukkah. Okay? So he put it onto the, onto the schach of the sukkah, I and mean, he threw it over the sukkah to dry it, because, you know, that's what, that's what they did. You know, they, they didn't have dryers, as everyone knows. You know, they just hung out their clothes to dry, just like they did until recently in uh, our society, too. So he decided to throw it over the sukkah to dry it. And the problem was that Marli Ravashi, Dalia, you have to take it down. Why? The thing is, because people will see that you threw your shirt on the schach and they're going to think that I'm using that as the schach. And remember, something that's mikabel tumah, we're going to learn in the upcoming Mishnah, so that something that's mikabel tumah, something that's a vessel of any kind or clothing that can become tamay, that's the definition of a, a vessel, right, like a shirt. People are going to think I use the shirt as the schach, so you got to take it down. Right, aren't people going to see that it's wet, so they're going to know that he didn't put it up there as schach. No, I'm telling you, after it dries, you have to take it down because people will think that you put it up there as schach. So apparently, you're allowed to throw something. So some of the some of the mifarshim say, "Oh, from here you see that you could throw something on top of the schach to dry it, and it's no problem." And then you know because you don't just like you can decorate the schach with something, you don't intend to add to the schach in any way. Right, you're not in, you're not adding to the protective effect of the schach, so it's okay. You throw, he didn't have a problem with him throwing the shirt on there as long as it was clear that it was not meant to add to the schach. Right, that, but the the fact that it had a shirt on it, he didn't bother him apparently. Now idmar mimena. Now we talk about how far from the schach can the decorations be. Now this kind of speaks to your question before. It's not so much a question of the size of the decorations, but when does it become that there's something in between you and the schach? Because when something's attached to the schach and it's beautifying the schach and decorating the schach, okay, it's tafel to the schach, it's secondary to the schach. But when something is uh, is an entity in its own right and it's in between you and the schach, now you have a problem. So the question is, what is the what is the minimum? So it says um, that noyes. Uh, if it's four tfachim from the the ischach, Rav Nachman Amar Kshirav, Chizav Rav Baba Rav Una Amar Ipsula. Rav Nachman says it's okay to hang down four tfachim. And because it's still there as a decoration, but Rav Chizdan Rav Baba Rav Una say it's pasul. If it's hanging down four tfachim, you can't say it's a decoration of ischach. It's too far from ischach. It's its own entity, and it's in between you and ischach. <clears throat> it's no longer considered to be, Rashi says, Mishum oil mafsik. Okay? That's a, the, the problem is that it's like an interruption between you. So if you hang things down and they're hanging down low, so then it's really considered a separate entity that's between you and the sukkah. You have to be careful if you hang things on your schach that they not be hanging low. Because if they're hanging more than four tfachim from the schach, so then it's no longer considered to be uh, a part of the schach anymore. But if it's up against the schach, very small thing up against the schach, then it would be okay. <coughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, it, it doesn't seem to matter either. Yeah, it doesn't seem to matter. Now, it, meaning that whatever it's, it, wherever it is, that's not going to count the schach. So, I mean, it's not going to be like if you have a little thing hanging down that the entire sukkah is pasul, but under that piece is going to be considered like schach pasul. How far from the top it's down? Yeah, it hangs down. No, no. How far? Yeah, four tfachim. If it hangs down, four tfachim. Is that going to be good? That's what the halacha is. Now, Rav Chizda, Rav 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 Rav
One time, Rav Chisdan Rav Ravuna went to the house of the Rish Galuta, the exilarch, the political leader, right? Agnino Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman was the chief judge of the community, and therefore he kind of worked for the, for the man, as they say. You know, he worked for the, for the, he was part of the system, he was part of the bureaucracy too. So he was, you know, he was the posek halacha of the Rish Galuta, who was the political leader. So what he said went. Right? And what did he do? He took these two rabbis and he put them, he put them into a sukkah where the decorations were hanging down for Tzvachim, even though he says that's okay. He knew that they didn't think that was okay, but he put them in that sukkah anyway. Maybe he didn't have another sukkah to give them or whatever. Right? So, he, they didn't say anything to him. They slept in the sukkah. So, in the morning, he said to them, or maybe right then, he said to them, Right, have you retracted your position and now you agree with me that it doesn't matter how low the decorations hang, even if they are, as long as they're decorations, it's okay. Amrulay said, no, Anan We are Shluchay Mitzvah, We don't have to care about your opinion, Rav Nachman, because we are not really obligated in Sukkah, because we're Shluchay Mitzvah. They were on their way to do some Mitzvah. Some say the Mitzvah was that they were doing politics, you know, they were meeting with the Resh Galuta to do some, deal with some, uh, you know, to honor him was considered a Mitzvah because you have to stay on good terms with the, with the authorities. Some say, no, they were maybe on their way to do some mitzvah and they were stopping there. So they didn't have to worry about sukkah. But normally, if the decorations are hanging that low, it would be pasul. No, only sukkah. sukkah. Only sukkah. Yeah. You're allowed to sleep in a kilah. Kilah is a type of a canopy over the bed in sukkah. Even though it has a gag, meaning even though it spreads out a little bit over, as long as it's not ten fachim tall, because if it's ten fachim tall and it also spreads out, so now that's like having an ohel between you and the sukkah. Now, Tashma, come and listen, Ayeshin, it says that somebody who sleeps in the kila does not fulfill the mitzvah. So, how could you say that it's okay? That's where it is. Ten tvachim high. So when it's ten tvachim high it, and it spreads out, so that's going to be considered an ohel over you. So you're not really sleeping in the sukkah; you're sleeping in a tent. But if it's very, um, if it's low or it doesn't spread out, so then you're not going to have to worry about that. Made the way there is an objection. Make any definite Meaning what? It, it wouldn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think so. It's, it's similar to that, but it's a, it's a little different. The Gemara is going to compare them in a second. It's going to compare them. But it says there's a difference because here it's about, um, there there's a special Gzerat katuva. that you're not allowed to have one sukkah on top of another, right? You can only have one sukkah at a time, we saw. That's what the Torah says, one sukkah at a time, no two, layer, no, no two levels sukkah. Here the question is, are you really considered sleeping in the sukkah or not? Or sitting in the sukkah if there's a tent over you, right? Before we were talking about where you hang something down from the sukkah, so you're kind of like, you are changing the sukkah to make it less different from what it's supposed to be by hanging, let's say, a curtain uh, uh, over it. Now we're talking about where you put the curtain over you, basically. So you're not really si- sitting in the sukkah. That's the question. But it, So the first case is the case where it's ten tvachim or not ten tvachim. But now it's going to ra- see some other cases of that, some other variations. May they raise an objection again. This is very famous because it's the beginning of... Um, it's the beginning of the second parak of uh, uh, of this masechet. Very famous, very famous parak. Um, it says that if a person sleeps under the bed in the sukkah, he doesn't fulfill the mitzvah. 
Right? Even though you would assume that the bottom of the bed, between the, between the bed and the bottom, is less than 10 tefachim, unless you have a very high bed. So there's no hatir, actually it's talking only about a high bed, but if the bed is very low, and if there's not much space under there, it's not considered a tent over you. It's just considered that you're sleeping under the bed, that's where you, there was no space in the bed or whatever. The fact that there's a bed over you is not the problem. The problem is if there is a space created by the bed that it's like you have your own room, you created a tent separate from the bed, from, from the sukkah. Not that you're under the bed or, or whatever. It has to be that there's a height to it. So it says that if the person s- spread out um, the curtain or the, the cloth the bl- or whatever it is, the sheet over kinofot, it's pasul. Right? So, and kinofot is talking about these four posts of the bed. So you see that having a, the bed having a canopy over it is no good. So it says, no, again, we're just going to say that every time it says it's pasul, let's talk about where it's ten tvachim tall. So it's like you're making a tent. Like, remember those tent beds that they used to, remember those beds for kids that used to have, like, that had, like, a tent, you know? I had one of those when I was a kid. It was so cool. You know, they would have, like, a, they made them, like, different characters or different things, and you would have, like, a, you would zip it up, and you would go inside. Yeah, it was like a tent on your bed, but it was for fun, because obviously you were inside. But they had that, right? So you could do that outside. Also, you'd see why, because maybe it adds to your warmth or prevents the wind from bothering you or whatever. That's why it's not good, because you're not really in the sukkah. Now, but we did not learn that way. The difference between two types of beds. You can have a two-post bed or a four-post bed. Right? If you put the sheet over the four-post bed, it's pasul. But if it's over the two-post bed, it's okay. Now, what's the difference? Because the four-post bed actually creates like a square over you. It creates like a whole canopy. The two-post is going to hang straight down. It's not really going to, it's not really creating an oil. Right? But it says, but still it says, but it says that's only true if those two posts are not ten tvachim tall. If they're ten tvachim tall, it's no good. And then, and miklal de kinofot afal pishe en goin Meaning that if the four posts, right? In other words, if the four posts are there, then even if it's lower than ten tvachim, because when did the Brighta say that ten tvachim is an issue? When it's two posts. That if it's two posts, then it's only a problem if it goes very high. The implication is if it's four posts, then it's always not allowed, even if it's very low. That contradicts what we said before, that four, that has to always be ten tvachim tall. So it says, no, shanei kinofot, kinofot are different because they are fixed in the bed. In other words, a two-post bed is a, is, is a, um, the, the two-post bed is something, I guess, that was, uh, occasionally uh, removed or whatever, but the, the four-post bed was something that was always fixed in place. Since it's fixed in place, even though it might be lower than ten tvachim, it's considered like a canopy. That's just, it's a less than ten tvachim canopy, but that's, it's a fixed thing. It's part of the bed. So therefore, so um, no matter what the height is, it's going to be pasul. No matter what the height is, it's not going to be allowed, we're saying. Right? It doesn't matter. Right? But when it's a two-post bed, if it's ten tvachim, it won't be allowed. But if it's lower than that, it'll be allowed. Okay, now the thing is, so, what about the fact that you have one sukkah on top of another sukkah, right? And there we said what? That only if, it's ten, if the top sukkah is ten tvachim tall, does it make the lower sukkah uh, invalid? Now you're going to tell me that a, an actual structure of a sukkah is less than a bedpost? I mean, obviously not. So why there did we say that it needs ten tvachim tall to be considered a sukkah on top of a sukkah? But here it, it, it could be less. And Shmuel was the one that said you need ten tvachim because in order to qualify as a sukkah you need ten tvachim. So in order to be considered a sukkah on top of a sukkah you need ten tvachim. So Amre they said hatam dilemifsal sukkah basra hachal dilashavye ahohala 
So it says there's a difference. Why? And this is what I was mentioning before, that the, the Gemara's distinction is basically this, that when it comes to an ohel, the whole question is, is it serving as a canopy over your head? And there it depends. If sometimes you go by height. Sometimes you say, well, it's eight tfachim, but it's a fixed part of the bed that it's supposed to be like this and that it spreads out a sheet over it. So I'm, you know, so either way, it's considered a canopy over my head. Right, either based on the size alone or based on the fact that it's a fixed thing. But when it comes to a sukkah on top of a sukkah, that isn't because it's a canopy over your head. That's because there's a sukkah on top of your sukkah and you're only supposed to have one sukkah at a time. So unless it qualifies as an official sukkah, it's not going to be considered a sukkah on top of a sukkah. We're not looking at it with the same rules. We're looking at it with the rules of sukkah. The rule of oh. sukkah is it's not a sukkah unless it has ten fachim. When you're looking at canopies, you're looking at whether I consider that a canopy over my head or not. And if it's just a makeshift thing, it won't be considered a canopy. But if it's something that's part of the bed, that's you know a permanent part of the bed, so then I will consider it a canopy over my head, and I won't be in the sukkah anymore. Right? It, it's to, it's totally over you. It's a canopy. I don't think that it would be. I mean, it, I, your your body and the most of your body and your head has to be under the sukkah. So right. So if if. If, uh, if most of your, if it's just over your feet, it would be okay, I guess. If it's just waist down, it would be okay, I guess. Why are we um, judging this harsher than a bed? So this is a bed. No, this is a... Oh, because bed. under... Under a bed, you said yes, 10 so, fachim for sure. This is a little... Oh, because ten, it's going gonna, it's gonna to say that because Why? the bed is different because the bed is made for the top. It's not made for the underneath. So you wouldn't really call the underneath of a bed a tent. It's like, unless it's so high that a person really like, it looks like its own, you know, its own thing. But otherwise, you're not going to consider under the bed a room. Like, oh yeah, we have room for you under the bed. You know, it's not done. Right? And table also, yeah. Unless it's very tough. You know, it's actually, they actually, they actually raised that issue about Ohel and all that, but... You know, I don't know. Right on Shabbat, even wearing it on Shabbat is a problem because they say it's okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there are many Rishonim that say wearing a big hat is not allowed. If it's a tefach, and most of those big black hats are big, they're, 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 they're a lot more. Maybe that's why the Hasim they wear the strimal that goes straight up. They're the more machmir. The one that goes round is the more make it. You know, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good videos, a chiluk. You know, there's something they have the betzuat igul. They have the there's it's yeah. They have different names. Yeah, the one this this is the one they hold like the position that it's allowed. They said it's oil aray. It's it's they make oil because it's over them and it's a tefach extending a tefach. It's considered like a like a tent. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so now, so Amarav Tachlifa Bar Avimi Amar Shmuel, Hayashin Bakila Arum. If a person is sleeping naked, sorry about that, right? In a, in a kila, by sleeping in a, in those days, that's what they did. They didn't sleep with pajamas, right? So he's What's sleeping the under the canopy. What's the problem? Exactly. No, no, that's not the problem. It's not even talking about sukkah, right? It's saying, it says, Lo Yotzi Rosho Chutz Lakila. You can't, st- oh, I'm, I skipped it, sorry. Motzi Rosho. In this one. The problem is you cannot be undressed and reading the Shema. So let's say I'm in my bed and I say, oh, I want to say Kriyat Shema Shalamita. 
right? So it says, I'm, I, but the, I'm covered, but I'm not really because the canopy is over me. It's very high. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to stick my head out the, uh, out the bed and say that I'm... If you're in your actual bed and you have a blanket on you and you didn't have clothes, so then for sure, you just cover yourself up to here. You have your head over, then you're allowed to say the Kriyat Shema. But, let, but if a person is in a canopy over them, it's not really on them. It's not really on them. And they just stick their head out. It won't work. It, he, says, he, he says in the first bright that says, it's okay. But then, So another bright that says you can't. So what's the answer? It says, Right? So in other words, it, it depends. If it's a 10 tefah high canopy, it's not really on you. You're in it. It's not on you. That would be like saying, I'm in a room. So I'm not, I'm not undressed because I'm in a room. And I'm surrounded by walls and a roof, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm dressed. No, you're not dressed, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So therefore you, uh, you, you have to, but if it's, if it's very low canopy, you could say it's around me. It's like a, it's like a sleeping bag. Is that fine? No, he didn't get to that. He's going to connect yeah, it. He's going to yeah, connect it right? So it's going to get to that. But now it says, It makes sense that that's the distinction. A person cannot stand naked in his house and stick his head out the window and say, I'm not, uh, my, head, my, my body is covered by the house. I'm, all my head is outside. It doesn't work like that. Right? There's some probably Mishugain uh, that they do that. Yeah. No, no, but if the water is, is right. opaque, if the water is clear and all that, it doesn't work. There's water covering here. Right, but, it's, but you can't see it. No, no, it only works if the mime is akurim. It says if it's, if it's, uh, if, if it's clear, it doesn't work. Maybe that's why, yeah. It's different for women because a woman is allowed to say a bacha when she doesn't have clothes. It's only a man that's a problem. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's actually a, it's a, it's actually a mishnah. Masechet chala. The woman is allowed to kotzat the chala. What? Right. If she's standing, it's okay. It's not like a man because the body is different. Yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, shema minas. So you see from that that that's what it's talking about. Ubait nami avabishen gevo asara. Even though the house is not ten fachim tall, even though normally we would say that wasn't considered a, uh, a, 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 a home really, but it says shein gevo asara kevan dikavia olahu Since it is something fixed in place. It's like the poles of the bed that make a canopy that are not ten tefachim tall, right? That there we said, since it's fixed in place, it's not considered something a person is wearing. It's considered a structure that is independent of the person. And therefore, and Rashi says, this is not really a, uh, it's not really a, uh, an, an argument back and forth or anything like that. He says, oh, he's saying that the point is that, ju- that you can't stick your head out of the, um, uh, out of the canopy, even though it's lower than ten tefachim, right? Because it's since it's a structure, it's a structure just like a house. Rashi says, "Vach milta shemata ba'penavshahu delotem abayit kekila." You shouldn't think that the house is like the canopy. Because what did Shmuel say before? Shmuel said before, if the ca- if the canopy of the bed is low, then you could do it. You could stick your head out of the canopy. Why? Because it's not considered a structure if it's lower than ten tefachim. Right? However, the house, even though it's lower than 10 Tvachim, since it's a structure, you're not going to consider it something that's on you. You consider it something that you're in. Right? So that's defending Shmuel from the problem. So when it comes to canopies, we make a distinction. If it's higher than 10 Tvachim, it's considered you're in it. It's not on you. If it's lower than 10 Tvachim, it's considered that it's on, it, on you. But the house, we don't make that distinction. 
and we say that you're not, it's never, you're not wearing your house, right? So it doesn't help you that you're in the house and your head is outside the house, okay? Now, coming back to the question. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It has nothing to do with the transparency. No. Now it says, "Oh, you mean with the nudity part?" Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then it would have to not be see-through. I thought you meant for the, yeah. Then it would not be oh, see-through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought you meant for sukkah. Yeah, no, no. Yes. So, so lishnach rina. Another version of this discussion. Amreila. Amar v'yuda marshmuel mutal shol kila chatanim basuka. They used to have these kind of canopy beds for a chatan. Okay. You could you you could sleep in a sukkah. The fisha en lagag. Because it doesn't have a roof, it doesn't spread out, it's, it comes straight down. Even though it's ten tvachim high, it doesn't matter. Okay, so why? So because like it comes straight down. Yeah. So, there is an objection. Okay, so the difference is that in the Brighta that says you can't sleep under a canopy, it's talking where it spreads out over you. So it's like a tent. But when it comes straight down, it'll be okay. So now it says, Tashima, come and listen. We saw this distinction already. I read that already. Yeah. That, so, it, so it says, if you have the two poles, it's kasher. If you have the four poles, it's not kasher. Right? Right? But if, if we said that if the two poles are ten tvachim tall, it's going to be bad. Right? So if they're ten tvachim high, it's going to be pasul afal pisha in lagag, even though it doesn't have a roof. So you're telling me the only distinction is whether it spreads out and creates a, a roof or not. But here you see that if it's sent vachim told, even though it comes straight down, it's still going to be a problem. Shani naklitin The naklitin are different, as we said before, because the posts of the bed are fixed in place. So even if so, once they're tent vachim told, even if they don't spread out, it's going to be considered like a covering. Why then is it not like kinofot? Why do we say that it, that there's a height requirement at all? Right? Why do we say height requirement at all then? So it says legabe kinofot legabe It depends. There's a, three different levels. There's a level where it's, uh, it, it's something which is a, definitely a temporary arrangement like kilat chatanim, that if it doesn't spread out at all, it's okay. Right? And then there's a kinofot where if it's tall to a certain level, since it's fixed in the bed, if, it's, if it reaches a certain height, we're going to say that even though it doesn't spread out, it's, it's still going to be considered to be an ohel over you. And, if, it do, and, and, and if, it, in, if it's lower, then it will be okay. And then you have the four posts that it doesn't matter what the height is. It's always going to be considered like an ohel over you. And it's going to depend on the circumstances. Now, obviously, this would have to be translated into today's terms. What is, a, you know, different types of beds, canopy beds and stuff like that. But for the chatan, obviously, the chatan's one is only temporary. So if it doesn't spread out and make an ohel over them, then it would be okay. Even regardless of height, the key, the two post, if it's tall to a, since it's a fixed thing in the bed, if it reaches a certain height, it will be it will be a problem, and if it's lower than that height, it won't be a problem. And when it comes to the four post, even if it doesn't reach a certain height, it's going to be considered an ohim. Okay, so because it's removable, it's only temporary, and it comes straight down, it doesn't spread out. No, that's what they're saying. It's fixed in the bed. That's what they're saying. It's part of the bed. This is not something I just attached. Maybe, maybe the uh, like, like, uh, the It's the sticks. Maybe it's uh, like at least a tefach wide. Maybe it doesn't say that it has to be. It just seems like it goes j- just what's, a pole. What's different? No, no. It, for the chatan or is it nakletin? No, but they always... said that gag is that it spreads out. Uh, at least uh, uh, it has to spread out on the top. The tefach, yeah. In order to be gag. Gag means that it spreads out on the top. Yeah. So yeah, it would have to be thickness. Yeah. I mean, you're right. That's why, that's what the difference would be. Because if it's not thick enough to make it spread out, then it's not going to... Back then, standard. They standardized the 
Yeah, they had standard ones. You would know. That's why I'm saying we would have to translate it into modern times because we don't really have exactly the same thing. You're allowed to sleep under a canopy even though it has a roof. Even if it's ten tefachim tall, according to this, right? So this is being really lenient. He's saying it doesn't matter how high it is, and even if it makes a roof of a tefach over you, it's okay. He's holding our because because he says that a temporary oil does not does not. Um, negate a permanent oil, meaning you have a structure around you. If you're sleeping in a canopy bed in your house, you don't say, I'm not sleeping in my house. I'm sleeping in a canopy bed. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say that. You're sleeping in a canopy bed in the house. So he's saying the same way. You don't look at the thing which is just the arrangement of your sleeping and say that nullifies the location in which you're sleeping. Right? As we're going to learn in the second parak in the first Mishnah, it's going to say that you're not supposed to sleep under a, a bed that has a, a underneath a bed if there's a, a space of ten fachim uh, in between the uh, bed and the bottom. Um, uh, and Rabbi Yudah says, no, you can. You can. Why? Because it's, you're still sleeping in the sukkah. What's the difference? Same idea. So here too, we'll say that you could sleep in the canopy no matter what. Now, um, why doesn't he just come straight out and say the halacha falls Rabbi Yudah? Because, because if you just mentioned Rabbi Yudah here, you would think that's only for under a bed because the bed is not made for the underneath. But when it comes to a canopy that you're supposed to sleep on top of the bed under the canopy, maybe Rabbi Yehuda would agree that that's considered to interpose between you and the sukkah. Therefore, he has to come tell you that the reason why sleeping under the bed is not a problem is because your particular arrangement doesn't nullify the, the existence of the sukkah. So it doesn't matter what, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it wouldn't matter how tall the, the, the canopy is or how wide it is. You could bring an entire one of those canopy beds, those kids' beds, it wouldn't matter because he would say that that doesn't nullify the fact that you're in the sukkah. The sukkah is more fixed and more significant than your bed. According to him, he's not going to care about it at all. Right? If so, it's a double bed, you consider the under the bed. Under it wouldn't the matter. According to Rabbi that wouldn't matter. According to us, it would matter if you had a bunk bed. It wouldn't work. Because if the, the bunk bed definitely has ten fachim between one, I would think, between one and the other. Now the Mishnah says, If you have, if you extend a vine or a gourd, or you extend ivy onto the sukkah, and then you, you, put, you put basically things that are attached to their source of nourishment in the ground onto the sukkah, which is pasul, and then you add kosher schach, it's still going to be pasul. But if there's more kosher schach than non-kosher, or you cut these branches off from the tree, so then kshirat will be okay. Zaklal, here's the rule. Kol shehu, I think is, uh, what does he change? He changes the word to what? Shemikabel tuma, right? Oh, yes, Shehum, he says, call Davar Shemekabel Tum'ah. Call Davar Shemekabel Tum'ah, anything that is susceptible to Tum'ah, meaning it's a, uh, it's like a food or a vessel, the Engidulom in or it doesn't grow out of the ground, and Mesachimbo, you can't use it for Sach. Call Davar Shehomekabel Tum'ah. The two rules that you have for schach is it has to be something that grows out of the ground and it has to be something that is not mikabel tumah, meaning it hasn't, it's not a food and it hasn't been fashioned into any vessel. Now the Gemara says, Yativ Rav Yosef came to Rav Hunav, Yativ Rav Yosef sat in front of Rav Hunav and he said the following, Oh, she gets a it says if you cut the branches off, then it becomes kosher schach. Rav said, but you have to put it back on. Why? Meaning if the branch is already resting on the su- sukkah and you didn't do anything, you just detach it, you just cut it off of the tree, you placed it on there when it was pasul. 
That's called taseh v'lo menasui. That you created it in a pasul state and then you cut it off in order to make it kasher that doesn't work. Amar le'ravuna ha Shmuel amara. He said, Rav didn't say that. Shmuel said that. Ahadrinu Rav Yosef lapei. Rav Yosef turned his back to him. He wasn't a Persian because you're not supposed to turn your back to. Uh, he turned his back. Amar le and he said to him, Atu mikamen alach de lo amar Shmuel. He said, Did I say to you that Shmuel didn't say it? Rav Yosef said, I heard it from both of them, Shmuel and Rav, and I'm just telling you, Rav said it. Why do you have to add that Shmuel also said it? Why, why do you have to say that? No, Rav said, No, you're not right. Rav didn't say that. Only Shmuel said that. Why? Because according to Rav, you don't have to pick up the branch and put it back on. Like this case of Rav Amram Chasida, one of my favorite characters from the Gemara, but not for, not for this reason. It's a different story about him. But anyway, what happened? He was of the opinion that women were obligated in tzitzit because tzitzit is not a mitzvah sheshazman grama. He said that no, there's tzitzit balayla and all that. So he had the women of his house. He put the tzitzit in their garment. He tied it. He tied the tzitzit and only then cut the strings. Right. So in other words, he put it in. He instead of putting in four strings and folding them around, he put it. He he rolled it in. He wrapped it in. And norm, like in other words, he took one very, very long string. He did this so that it could be, uh, you know, four strings when he cut it. But instead of cutting it, he tied it first. So the question is, do I have to untie it now? Can I just cut the string now on the bottom and it will, it will come out and it will be the eight strings hanging down? Or do I have to redo the entire thing? Okay? And so he said, he said, this is what Rav said, Mifaskan ben Kshirin. All you have to do is cut it at the bottom and it's okay. You don't have to do it over again. So you see that Rav doesn't have a problem with Tasevilomenasui. Even though when you made it, the way you made it was Pasul. And now the only way you're going to fix it is not by doing it Behechshir, but you're going to remove the blockage that prevents it from Kashir. That's okay according to Rav. Okay, so Alma, Pesikatan, Zoyasiatan. So you see from that that cutting the strings on the bottom is like making it an Achanamik Tzitatan. So too, if you, if you put a branch from a tree on your sukkah, it's attached to the tree. You, you did the whole thing. You don't have to go and move it again. Just cut it from the source and just leave it. Then it'll be good. So that, so that, that should work. I'm sorry. Shmuel disagrees. And that's why he requires you to lift up the branch and put it back on or to redo the tzitzit in this case. Didn't Shmuel say in the name of Rabbi Chia that if the person put tzitzit into two corners at once, in other words, he made very, very long tzitzit and he put it in across the two corners. Right, and he started tying them, and then he, and they were still connected to each other on one end. They were still connected because it was four long, long strings he did like this in two corners of a tzitzit. Right, it has a picture? That one, yeah. And, and he ties the tzitzit in, and now he has to, but they're still connected. The two corners are connected. He says you have to cut them. So you see that he didn't have a problem with making the tzitzit before cutting it. No, my love, shikoshev acharkach posek. So doesn't that mean that he means you can actually tie the tzitzit like that with the tzitzit hanging from the two corners? You tie it in corner A, corner B, and then you just cut the part that's connecting them. It'll be okay. He says, no, that's not what he meant. What he meant was, lo, sheposek acharkach kosher. What he meant was that even though when you put it in, you put it into two corners at the same time, you can just cut it and then tie it. You don't have to take them out, cut it and tie it. That's what he meant. Not that you could tie it like yeah, that. For right? Right. So he says, so, my, so if that's true, 
right? So it says, Posek, Vacharkach Kosher Maylim Emra. So why do you even have to mention that? Maudetema, what would you think? Ba'enan Kenaf Bishat Petil Veleka. You might have thought that you have to put it in each one. In other words, when you insert the strings, it has to be done in each corner separately. That's not true. So you might have thought that you needed to. Kamashmalan, you see from this that you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to put it in each corner. So even though you put it in two corners at once, you can now cut them in the middle and then tie them. That's the chidush, but not so that you can tie it like that and then cut it. You can't tie it like that and then cut it. The tase is not putting in the corner, but rather... Rather the tying, the tying, yeah. So made the way there is an objection to the envelope. If you hung the tzitzit in the garment and you did not cut it, okay, it will be pasul. So the, so the question is, uh, and, and uh, so it sounds like, my love, psulin leolam. Doesn't that mean that it's pasul forever? In other words, if you hung it in the, the way we said before, without cutting it, you tied the tzitzit, and only then you cut it, so now it's four, uh, you know, four strings, because before when you put it in, it was one long string. Okay? So, so he says, if you did that, it would be pasul forever. So that shows you that Rav is wrong. So my amalach Rav, so the Rav, so it says, no, my psulin, psulin pasku. It's only pasul until it's cut. In other words, the fact that you did it that way is not a problem. As long as at the end you cut it. If you don't actually cut it in the end, then you just have one string. That won't be good. But the fact that you tied it when it was just one string and then you cut it to make it four strings, okay. Ushmuel ama psulin neolam. But Shmuel said, no, it's pasul forever. Everybody agrees it's pasul forever except for Rav. Some say, I had a situation myself, and I came to Shmuel, and he told me they are pasul forever. There is an objection to So we learned that if you hang the tzitzit and afterwards you cut them, right, it's pasul. So what does that show you? Right, that even though afterwards you cut it, in other words, it's not saying it's pasul until you cut it. It's saying if even if you cut it afterwards, it's going to be pasul. That is a halacha, yeah. And then it says, and also it says in the bright gabe sukkah tasevelo menasu imikanamu idla leategefen vetadlat vetakisum. It should be kisum, but it says kisus here. Vesikechal gaban psula. That we learn that if you put these branches that are attached to the source of their nourishment, you put them on the sukkah, and then you and then vesikechal gabehen psula, and and then you put schach on them. It's pasul. Hey chidame, what do you mean? Ilema b'shelok etzatan. If you didn't cut them, then obviously. So my ir yamishum tasevelo menasui. That's not tasevelo menasui. In other words, if you have branches on your sukkah that are attached to the tree or vines attached to the ground, obviously it's fasul. It's not fasul because it said on the other daf this was tekisum. I'm just telling you what said the correction on the other previous amud. Now and it said for all of them it's supposed to be that. Now in the the thing is that that psul is not the psul of tasevelom and hasui. That's the psul that it's attached to the ground. Right, so rather it must be talking about it's talking about where he cut it. The katane psulan. It still says it's pasul. Ushmamina dilamrinan ketzitatan zoi yasiatan v'tziuvta derav. Obviously, this refutes Rav because obviously it's saying tasevelo menasui by the sukkah is when you cut the branch. It's still pasul because if it's talking about when you didn't cut the branch, why would it mention tasevelo menasui? It should just say the reason why it's pasul is because it's attached to the ground, not because you did it in the wrong order. So you see that even if you cut it afterwards, that doesn't fix it. You have to do something. You have to pick it up and put it back down. And so too it said that if you did the tzitzit and then you cut the string, it's pasul even afterwards. So it's not like what Rav says. So Rav will say, that What that's talking about in the case of the sukkah 
is that what you did was you detached it, but without doing any, meaning you, you detached it from its source of growth without even moving it. You just disconnected it. She says that you, you, yeah, you basically caused it. It's not an obvious cutting. It stayed exactly in place and you just went to the source of the growth and you like kind of disconnected it, but it never moved. It never, it was never obvious. So that's why. But what about the fact that it said the same thing about tzitzit? So that is going to be difficult. Kasha, we're going to leave that as a kushia on Rav, the issue of the tzitzit, because it seems to contradict him clearly. Now, uh, now maybe it's a machlok because it says if you have we know that Hadassim have berries sometimes and if the majority the is water, water. berries berries okay, okay. Hadassim the right they have like those little berries on okay. right so if you have berries on there they call them Anavim right so it says if you took them off if you wrapped your lulav and then you saw that there was there was a you know a, a too many berries and it becomes pasul, um, then you and you took them off. It says If you went ahead and you disconnect them, it's pasul. The rabbis say it's okay. Now. It's not necessary. It doesn't have to be talking about Yom Tov because they're not interpreting it as talking about Yom Tov. They're, but yom, yeah, but that's what uh, meaning 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 that's what they're talking about right now. They're talking about Yom Tov right now, but that's not the issue. Meaning, it's not the fact that you yeah. violated Yom Tov that they're talking about, right? You're not supposed to, but that's not the issue, right? The issue is because it's saying it's pasul. It wouldn't make it pasul. It's oh, a sword to do that. Day before, uh, no, no, or it doesn't even matter. Meaning, it, you're not supposed to do it on Yom Tov, yeah. but that's not the issue. If you did it already, it's not. A, is, is it kasher or not? Right. So now it says Everybody agrees that you have to wrap the lulav. Meaning, there's an asiya of the lulav. You have to you have to put it together. Right? And the Alfina Lulav Misukan. We learn Lulav from Sukkah, Dichtiv Gabe Sukkah, Taseh, Vilomen Asoy. So we say Taseh, Vilomen Asoy, that you have to do it in the right order. Meaning, if you wrap the Lulav together, the Hadassim were Pasul, and now what do you do? And then you take off the berries. That's, the, that's what the Gemara is saying, that it's going to be a problem. So, my love, Baka Mipalgi, Demande Machshir Savar, Minan Gabe Sukkah, Tzitatan Zoya Siatan, Vegabe Lulav Nami, Minan Likitatan Zoya Siatan, Umande Pasal Savar, Loa Minan Gabe Sukkah, Kitsitatan Zoya Siatan, Vegabe Lulav Nami, Loa Minan Likitatan Zoya Siatan. That would be the exact same question. In other words, we're saying that according to this, Rav is better. He's going with the Chachamim. The Chachamim say that just like by Sukkah, putting the branches on when they're still attached to the tree, and then you just cut them from the root, it's okay. And so too, uh, g- gathering your lulav into one bundle and then taking off the berries is also okay. But and the ha- what you took it because it's it. it well, when we get to that, we'll talk about that. But don't worry about it now. When we get to hadassim, we'll talk about it. But the point is, that it's pasul. The point is that you're doing it after the fact, right? So that's how they're interpreting it. So. <coughs> so according to this, actually, Rav is better because he's following Chachamim and it's Rabbi Shimon ben Yehot Tzadak who's the one who's being strict and saying if you remove the berries afterwards, it's Pasul. Right? So if you interpret this as a case of Tasev Elomena Asui, it sounds like it supports Rav. It says, Everybody agrees that Rav is wrong about Sukkah. You can't just cut, put the branch over the Sukkah and then cut it. The whole question is whether or not there is, we learn lulav from sukkah. It's true that there's an idea of tase because that there's as tase because it says the word tase. Right? Do it. The question would be whether there's a concept of tase when it comes to lulav or not. Okay, alternatively, if you hold that you must bundle the lulav into one entity, 
then everybody would agree there's tasevelo menasui, and you learn it from sukkah because there's a procedure. You create the lulav by bundling it together. But this is the machloket. There's a there's a machloket throughout masechet sukkah. We're going to see whether you must bundle the lulav or not. Because according to one opinion, you must bundle it. Therefore, there's an asiat lulav. You make the lulav by, by bundling it. And if you did it in the wrong order, you would have a problem. And that's what Rabbi Shimon ben Yotzadak is saying. But according to the Chachamim, that there's no real thing that you have to bundle it. We do it that way for convenience or because it's more beautiful, but you don't have to do it that way. So then, um, then it's not really, there's no real asiyah. In fact, the Rambam says you could put the four minim in front of you. Take one, take one, take one. Right, and as long as they're all in front of you, it's okay. You don't have to bundle it. So it says, and it would, then it would fit with the following tanim. According to the Chachamim, it doesn't have to be bundled together. It will still be kasher. According to Rabbi Yudah, it has to be bundled. He learns it from the word lekicha. It says, And it says, You take a bundle of hyssop branches to apply the blood of the Korban Pesach to the door. It says, It's a group, right? You see, there's a group there. Just like over there by the hyssop branches, it's a group. So to hear it means you have to collect them. It means like collect it. Together, so it means more than one thing. Rabbi Yudah is saying you need that. The rabbis don't have that, so therefore they don't hold that it has to be done in one bundle. Right? So therefore we could say that that's the whole issue. Is there a ta'ase by lulav or not? If there's no ta'ase by lulav, the fact that you put it into the bundle, you didn't do anything until you pick it up. So whether you remove the berries now, you remove it, you know, you removed it before, you remove it now, it doesn't do anything because it's not a procedure. You're not creating the lulav by putting it together and you did it in the wrong order, like tying the tzitzit and then cutting the string to separate them. That, 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 there's a procedure. It's ve'asulahem tzitzit. You have to do it the right procedure. Here there's no procedure. It's just so it doesn't matter when you remove the berries according to the chachamit. Keman azlahaditanya. Who is the author of the following? Brayta lulav mitzvah le'ogdovim lo agado kasher. It says it's a mitzvah to bundle the lulav in one entity, but if you didn't do it, it's still kasher. We know that according to Rabbi Yehuda, if you didn't bundle it together, it's not kasher. He says, right, if you didn't hold it together, if you didn't bundle it, you have to tie it according to Rabbi Yehuda. You have to tie it together. Right, so he's saying, According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's pasul if you didn't bundle it together. So why would it say if you didn't bundle it, it's okay? So that wouldn't be good. Irabanana my mitzvah. And if you're going like the rabbis, why is it a mitzvah at all? They said that you don't need a bundle. So the answer is leolam rabbanani. It's the rabbis. And we shum shenemar zeilivanveu hidna elifanav b'mitzvot. It says zeilivanveu. This is my God, and I will glorify Him. Which means hidna elifanav b'mitzvot. Make the mitzvot that you do before Him. Beautiful, and it's much more beautiful to have the arrangement. It's like a bouquet of flowers, you know, that you it, you make it beautiful. You don't just take each one individually. It's a beautification of the mitzvah. Oh. So, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's me'akev. You must bundle them into one entity in order to and tie them into one entity in order to have a lulav. We'll learn more about it when we get to the third parak of the masachet that talks about arba'at amini. But according to Chachamim, you don't need to. It's just lechatchila. It's just a beautification of the mitzvah. Okay. We could have argued 